Wait, who's doing the welcome? Should I do the welcome and then? You can do the welcome. I think, this, I think this should be the welcome. This should be the welcome. Talk yeah. about I'm trying to find my phone so I can look up. Welcome to the Nordic Keyboard Podcast. This is a spontaneous yeah. welcome. Hello. Hello. Uh, I, hope, Hello. I hope Jason is not cutting out our initial discussion because that's an integral part of this welcome. <laughs> I can just mute you, Simon. <laughs> you know that now. <laughs> it's so good to be here. It really is. Friendly people. Who have we got here? We've got Simon, we've got Jonas, and we've got Carl, um, and yes. we've got myself, Jason. Also known as the Captain Hydrophilic Attack, Algarnonor and Zaramis. Yep, exactly. And if this is the first time listening to this podcast, then good luck in working out who's who. Never mind. <laughs> let's uh, let's move straight on. Uh, how are we all doing? Like, it's been a couple of weeks since the last episode. It's been a month for me since I've been on the episode. Uh, how's how's the last couple of weeks been, guys? You need to tell us who should start. That's your job. That is my job. Well, I really need to get better at this. Carl, you're 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 like you know the least dressed here again. Yeah. Um, how, how's how's Forge Night been? How are you? Well, I'm hot currently, so yeah, I I have very little clothes on me. Is but, that part uh, of the Forge Night now? Like we yeah. tell everyone how we are dressed, and then we tell people how much Keyforge we played. Yeah. Yeah. I have also played quite a lot of Keyforge, actually. You have, yeah. you really have. Tell us all about it. I want the gossip from the KFPL. Uh, yeah, so KFPL, I started off uh, unexpectedly really well, uh, apart from uh, Mishap versus uh, Hydro here. I was at 5 1 at uh, one point. Oh, wow. but now I played two games today. The first one right after I woke up this morning. At like six, six thirty or something. So it was. Uh, I'll blame the early hours because I played horribly and uh, and lost that one. Uh, and then I played uh, uh, one during the day as well. Uh, hope my employer doesn't uh, listen to the podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that was really close. A really close game. Uh, Working hard in the public libraries. Yes, um, but yeah, my opponent played a scrambler storm in the end. I thought I had like I had the outs. Uh, I had Eli on hand, but I also had Cutthroat Research uh, and Tau Tau. Um, but yeah, scrambler storm ruined my day. Uh, so now I'm at five three, and I have, I guess, two point five decks remaining. Uh, I have a DT mm. deck and then two others in the KFPL. But I've also been playing in ABR and we only have um, a single uh, like a single game left to play and I will play that right after this podcast probably. All right. Uh, okay. I think we have a, a, a sp- uh, like a shot at getting um, top cut but I think mm-hmm. we need to win um, uh, this week. And, Which ABR uh, we team are you in? Uh, Jolker's team. Oh, nice, cool. I was in his last time. Um, and you have a pretty, you have basically secured your spot in uh, gold in uh, NKFL, right? Mm, I I think there is. Uh, yeah, I think I have a good shot. Uh, if I win one game, I think versus uh, Duke in my last uh, last week, I should be in gold. I think, but I haven't looked at it for a bit. So nice. I hope that's correct. Mm. Yeah. So. Quite a lot of Keyforge, but uh, really fun. Um, it's nice also to have so many like quick formats to mm. uh, switch it up with NKFL, which is more more involved. Yeah, that uh, makes sense. NKFL, it's just one best of one, and just go to the next uh, next deck best of one, That's and uh, yeah, you can luck out um, or or not. <laughs> like it's it's quite nice. Yeah. I remember doing when I'm doing ABI. Uh, the the weeks where we had to do best of three were just uh, mixing that up with NKFL. It was just really tough. Yeah. Um, yeah. So best of one on the side is always preferable. Cool. Yeah. Well, you're on a roll. How are you, uh, Jonas? How's how's the captains doing for you in KFPL? So I would start with the NKFL 
because okay. uh, I will start with the bad news. I've been doing, I, I've been doing quite poorly. I lost zero three uh, against uh, what against Lorenzo ninety nine, and then I did better against uh, St Russell one two one. But now I'm like I'm in a relegation spot, uh, third from last, <sighs> with a record of six against six wins against nine, nine losses. So yeah, it's it's quite tight there. So I have a chance to to uh, get out of it, but I need to do very well in the last few rounds. In that case, um, and who so are you yeah. playing in the last rounds? I'm playing Dinobots and Beijing. Mm. Oh wow, two two pretty tough games. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see. Yeah, so there yeah. is a big risk I'm going down to silver. Um, KFPL has been better. I am. Uh, Four two so far, uh, so I played probably the first match of the event against Algernoner, yeah. uh, and I thought for sure I would lose because I went up with my four red penny three Infernus deck against his uh, uh, Ethan's yard deck, and I don't know what happened, but I won the game. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure what happened. And uh, sounds like a game I should have won. Was, uh, was it another game at six thirty in the morning? No, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I even got the jar out early. Um, yeah, not really sure what happened. It wasn't good. RNG. Yeah. Well, then, then, then I went on to, went on to play against uh, uh, Dick Rowland, and he had a like ninety five sus deck, which I thought would do okay. I would do okay against if he didn't high roll, and he had a really good start. Uh, and I lost. But I think I could have won it maybe if I played a little bit better in, better in one specific turn. Or there was a chance I could have baited out a wipe maybe. I don't think he would have gone for it, but there's a chance I should have tried it maybe and then I could have mm. could have done better. Um, but at that point I had almost given up. So, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so, and then in... That was my eight bracket, and then I won my first uh, game in the losers bracket there uh, with my super rush deck, and I have another game there for Thursday, going up against a really scary deck with a lot of capture and uh, medicus locus and uh, uh, the forge imperial forge. We will see. That's an interesting um, matchup. It's basically who yeah. who will get the insane stuff first, basically. So yeah, you can't lose versus DT. You know. Yeah, <laughs> but but the problem is, I think my deck is a little bit more consistent because it has more efficiency. But uh, my deck has zero key control, and his big combo also takes my amber away. So so I'm not sure who is favored. Uh, Interesting, but and, uh, good to good to be uh, representing the podcast on the in the mm, Yeah, yeah, and then and then I have done really well with your deck, uh, Captain. So the the Captain is that Hurricane. Yeah, Captain, Captain Hurricane. Hurricane. Opened by Sysox, I believe, and then bought by you. Yeah, yeah I bought that off of him. Uh, and yeah, I played two games with it, and uh, I won with it both times. Uh, I, I was a bit rude against... <laughs> against uh, Riku? Uh, Riku. Riku. Yeah. yeah. I start, <laughs> I played this like an hour ago, two, uh, two hours ago. I started... My, my starting hand was six Mars cards and some other... And and a, and a grey rider, I think. Oh, uh, oh, and a grey rider as well. Grey rider between the two collector worms. Yeah, and and basically, my first thought was, okay, I need. He had a he had a Cincinnati Rex, so my thought was, I need a, I need a worm in my starting hand, and I got a worm plus five other Mars cards, uh, and I played out all the all the Mars cards, yeah. and I drew three more Mars cards. <laughs> and then I drew another Mars card, so I drew ten Mars cards in the first three turns, and then then he had to wipe the board, and I had yeah. and I had a hand that was only Sanctum, and I got out the Grey Riders. And... CJs, and that's how you win. Yeah, that, that that's. Oh, that, I mean, I've, I've had draws like that with that deck before. I I had one game where I won three nil, and I only called Mars through the whole game. But I don't understand why more people don't use that strategy. Like, yeah, it's super real. simple. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just draw, 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 draw six cards to the same house. Yeah, people discuss all these two, two, two hands. I don't yeah. know. That seems really bad. I why never would you even understand draw two, 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 why. Two hands? Yeah. yeah, really yeah. bad strategy. I know, so, yeah. 
so Jason, if you want some feedback on how to play your deck, just yeah, well, let's make an episode out of it. Just draw, just <laughs> just draw, draw well. Yeah, just draw better. Yeah, we'll make an episode out of it. How to, how to draw I, I, well. I will be coaching you, Jason, and be like, "Oh, that was a really bad draw. You shouldn't yeah, have done that." Exactly. Yeah. Try drawing another card next time. <laughs> yeah. Have you played Trouble and Tragedy yet? No, it's in no. my second spot. I actually was a bit sneaky because I figured most people would play their their mm. DT decks first. And yeah. Trouble and Tragedy doesn't yeah. have a lot of ways to raise the tide, which yeah. it needs to do. So I don't want to play against uh, against yeah. DT. Yeah, I've been seeing DT doing quite well, actually. Um, no, I've been, they've been terrible. Really? Where, I, have, I've where been, have you seen that, Jason? In my division. Uh, well, I, let's let's end with my... Oh, in... in, um, uh, in uh, okay, yeah. But, but I, in KFL, they have been doing poorly. Yeah, okay, but, okay, fair enough. But I, I wanted to also say, my in my third bracket, I actually won one match with my with my quicksell deck which i didn't expect but i lost the second one mm. so so right. i'm so i'm i'm basically i'm in the losers bracket in two of the brackets and i'm still in the winners bracket in with your decks jason so mm. hopefully hopefully well i'm glad i'm glad the decks are doing well i'm you know at least i'm i i'm i feel like i've got a foot in the kfbl yeah, for sure. That's one, that one is for playing, that one is yeah. for the captain. I'm playing at the top of my game yes. to to do you right. And uh, good, good stuff. I I, I I failed five times getting qualifications. So, yeah. But overall, Sweden has been doing quite that's well good. in comparison. Um, like when you go to yeah. check all the Swedish players, yeah, there are yeah, five, I believe. Yeah. Uh, I think oh, we are doing nice. quite well as a nation. Yes. We can. We, we don't have to be ashamed, at least. Of our CTP. We deserve a vault tour in the future. Come on, we're good. <laughs> exactly. Um, Simon. Yes. How has your week, your fortnight of Keyforge been? Because I know you hate the pun. Uh, it's been okay. I mean, I've mostly playing in NKFL and playing a lot of solo DT games against myself. Like I concluded last week or something, I, I was now up at like 500 games or something uh, like that of DT. Oof. I know DT Beautiful. so well now. And for someone who loves DT, it is sometimes such a bad set. <laughs> oh, don't say that. I mean, I love the play style, but the fact that it has to go up against the sheer efficiency of like Kota and mm. MM and so yeah. on is just yeah. very frustrating. Seeing card after card that are just better being played, that are, and some things with DT is so frustrating that the Saurian has essentially zero ways of getting rid of Captured Ember. Mm. Why did they nerf them to the ground in such an incredibly heavy manner? But uh, apart from that, I've been doing, uh, I've been having a lot of fun, and now I'm playing a solo tournament with my best 10 DT decks and my best 10 non-DT decks to see if they can compete. Uh, and one of my DT decks is in the KFPL, which okay. uh, I'm having a lot of fun watching. Uh, it might have a rough matchup in the next one, but it won against Massimo's DT, pretty crazy DT deck in the first round. So DT Very against nice. DT, and uh, it managed to eke out a win. And it's actually one of the best decks that I own, I think. At least if my opponent doesn't have really good artifact control or a, like an Eaton's Jar, then it has beaten essentially all my, my league decks. So that's that's fun. Mm. Um, in the NKFL, I'm doing well. I um, Unfortunately, today there was some news. It's sad to hear that player Herp had to uh, drop out which meant that my chances of getting into gold were significantly diminished because Herb's lineup can take wins against almost everyone and I mm. have one loss against it. But the two other players that are the two top players in the division right now both had games left against player Herb. Oh, yeah. So the two people that where it matters the most still had their games to play and they both get free 3-0. Yeah. Uh, did you did you beat? You won two one, but that would be a three nil there, wasn't it though? Yeah, so you... not not since he played more than half of the games. Oh, oh. Since he played course. more than half yeah. of the games, my loss against Herp is still there, while the remaining ones get three zero. Yeah. So I am at ten five, and both Stoico and Surzio are getting like uh, two three zeros now. 
So they will be at least at 14-4. Yeah, they've got some uh, work. Okay. And so you have two it, rounds left to play? or? Yeah, I have two rounds left to play. So and who are, you, the, who are you playing? Are you playing versus the top players? Like I've got no, no. Uh, I I have at least one three zero as well left. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't. Uh, I shouldn't say that. Uh, <laughs> that's, but that's cook. <laughs> statistically, Bone Smacker is at one to fourteen. Yeah. Uh, in the division with minus twenty six key difference. So, yeah. if I manage to navigate that well, and I if I have a little luck on my side, that should be a three zero. Just judging from the statistics, I haven't looked that much at the match, and I shouldn't disrespect like anyone. Um, so it might, I might get a loss there, but I have a chance to get a three zero at least. And then my last game is against, or my next game is against Laudan, yeah. who has very dangerous decks. So I'm actually looking at like it's very. I need to at least get two wins against Laudan and a three zero against Bonesmaker to have a chance to. But do uh, Stoico and Scorsio do, do they play each other? In like the uh, last, no, uh... Scorsio. Both of them have a week left to play, so I'm oh, really okay. hoping for my fantasy points to oh, pay off yeah. here. <laughs> uh, so they both have player herp that they will get three O against, and then week. But oh, if okay. they get two wins against week, then I have no chance to yeah. catch them. Unless I 3-0 lot on somehow, but I, I really doubt I will do that. Um, Zaramis, I, I had a question. Uh, you mentioned yeah. something on the server that you noticed in all your DT decks. Can you talk about that? They're doing well? Yeah. No. Uh, you opened something exciting. Oh, yes, yes. I uh, opened both parts of an evil twin set. Oh! <gasps> So I actually have an evil twin pair that I opened myself. <laughs> no. And they're amazing. seventy they're seventy-five and seventy-six SAS as well. So they're not even Yeah, they do pretty bad. good actually. Oh, yes. Very nice. Uh, so I at first I was like, oh that's a very familiar name. It seems like I've read it before. And I just yeah. and I had a third deck that had almost the same name. So I was like, oh it must be like in the Spanish name generator, it must be a very common reused name. And then I was like, wait, these are very similar. <laughs> Where did you post this? Um, uh, in deck review. Deck review, okay. I'll look at those a bit later. That's yeah. so cool. So yes, yeah, to I show have... you, you opened quite a few. <laughs> quite a I few mean, I, I've opened 500 DT decks in the last, uh, yeah. last two months. And if you're not all that familiar with Spanish, I guess you wouldn't recognize the word Civil Twin directly. So that's why. Well, I've, see, I've seen 500 decks of it now. So okay. Uh, they're all also called the same, uh, unlike the English ones that sometimes have oh. evil twin or blah blah's evil twin. Mm. All the Spanish ones are reflejo oscuro. Um, yeah. Of yeah. Yes. They, so it's very easy in my tournament uh, like statistics to see all the yeah. the DT decks. Another I mean, nice thing is that a little bit of news is that I've I managed just out of sheer nerdery, code a uh, Swiss tournament uh, like uh, software in uh, Google Spreadsheets that shows like history, game history, exactly what deck each deck has faced against, what houses they are, and it accepts uh, copy-paste directly from uh, DOK to set up a tournament, So, including adding all the houses and so on from the DOK. Mm. So you just post a list uh, from the DOK, and it creates a Swiss tournament and analyzes like all the win stats and so. So nice. for, a, nice. for a solo tournament or for any tournament, really. yeah, uh, it, it requires some modification if you're not playing like Swiss uh, or if mm. you're not playing 120 deck Swiss. <laughs> uh, it's only for 120 decks. That sounds really cool. <laughs> uh, no, it, yeah. it's actually coded to support some other things, but right now all the formatting is for mm. 120 decks. Mm. Now we need yeah. to set up a Patreon so we can have this like a bonus. Get uh, get Saramis's 120 deck spreadsheet. Yeah, then they can get my bonus. incredibly evolved uh, deck scoring system as well. Because uh, I don't know how many people know it, but I am using a completely different one from SAS to look for good decks and so on. That I've meticulously... Oh, I disconnected for a second. Uh, I've meticulously coded one over... Uh, a long period of time using some of the SAS numbers, but also using some of the numbers that are not part of AERC. 
to to get my own scores, including minus scores for certain unbalances that I've found to be bad and so on. Mm. So could we call this like Swedish Z's? You can no, call, call it Z's. <laughs> yeah, Zas Zaramis uh, uh, what is Sass even? Synergy and synergy. Sassimissus, no. Saramis anti synergy. Yep, that that was my. Um, I'm very interested in that. That looks really uh, a lot of fun. Okay, I'll try and keep my forge night. I just um, remember something. I have two other decks in the KFPL that I'm also watching. One okay. deck that I opened and sold to Karen, uh, and one deck that uh, Astron is borrowing from me. So okay. in a way, I'm very invested in watching how my decks do. Are they all oh, alive okay. still? They are all alive still. Nice. Nice. That was me. Long live the Archons. Um, cool. I'll try and keep mine short. Mine's not going to take that long at all. I've been... Um, I've just been, I've been getting really discouraged by the fact that I am going to be going down to uh, Iron Division, Iron Level next season. Um, just looking at the bronze. My league now, there is no hope for me to... Um, I guess there's a slight, slight chance I could. I've got four wins. Um, we did have one dropout. Uh, I started well um, this season, um, but I've just been going up against. I th- I thought I picked my matchups, but then I've just so some of the games I've been losing have been like three twos, and I've just been losing. Um, and it's just the same pattern for me again. So I kind of feel like I either need to um revise revamp my lineup um for next season um or get better at closing games out um because if we look at some of the the, the games on scores of the games i'm losing it's like it's it's just losing which i'm getting a little bit um discouraged by um so it's yeah it's been difficult to kind of engage with the game a little bit in the last couple of weeks um for myself so I've had a couple of three three nil losses, um, some two one losses, and I've got a two one uh, win um, as well. But I did have like um, David Papiani, who is going to be, um, he's all but confirmed. Well, actually, actually, no, it's actually quite tight at the top of bronze beta. Um, but we also have Alvad, who is AFK, the French um, team, uh, Rise um, as well. He's uh, had played very well. Um, and a lot of people that, yeah, have just playing really well. And there's some, a lot of good decks, a lot of good DT decks as well. Um, and the, the reason I talked about DT possibly being, um, doing well in NKFL, NKFL at the moment is that my DT deck has either that I've, I've brought this season, I've either won with it or it's been banned. So I'm Ooh. kind I've been kind of wondering if I should bring back my Trouble and Tragedy deck next season, which is my Captain Val Jericho. Um uh, It's been doing well in my testing before KFPL. Yeah, and I really I do really enjoy that deck um uh, as well. It just ha- I just I guess I haven't given it enough time of day to uh to play. So yeah, um yeah, I, I, I need to, to look at that when next Hydra wins the whole KFPL with the deck, yeah. then everyone will ban it, and then you should definitely bring it. And then I'll. I mean, then then it'll be worth a couple of a couple of thousand crowns, and I can sell it. Yeah, um, so maybe it's a Hydra if you want to buy it for a couple of thousand Hydras, is you can do that. Uh, <laughs> so um, my season hasn't been going as well as I kind of wanted to, but I guess I just haven't been given it as much time as I probably should have done. Um, the Alliance Cup. I've actually, I did actually quite enjoy this season. The Alliance. I'm not no longer in Alliance. I just lost out again, um, and um, I found a very nice Alliance in Kota, which was very quick, very nice, uh, with just a you know untamed brush, which was very nice. Then I. Um, I didn't get a chance to play my DT. We are now approaching the half hour mark. <laughs> yeah, but don't don't look at me. You guys are the ones talking. I've but I've been talking I for have, three I minutes. Have. I've know. been talking for three minutes on my Forge night, Simon. You're the one that went into 
depths. We started your your fortnight ten minutes ago. Don't I don't remember. Me. I don't remember any of this, Jason. <laughs> you've once again uh, taken way too much of our time, and we need to cut you short here. No, we uh, don't. No, 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 no. The mute button. Yeah, there we go. Mute. <laughs> well, what I was going to say, I've, I've been um, the deck that got banned in my alliance this season was a very nice um, DT, very scary look uh, deck, which I was able to get. The groundbreaking discovery in to the same deck as um dark discovery the um dark discovery uh key cheat as well so that was of course a straight ban however it wasn't actually as good in testing because in testing i act i was accidentally testing with the wrong dt alliance deck and i put a untamed in instead of from the unfathomable from one of those decks, which went unbeatable for 10 games until I realized that wasn't the one that I submitted. So I'm, yeah. Um, Alliance is taking a little bit more of my interest as well um, right now. Um, uh, yeah. And then I've also been playing some in, in real life Keyforge, um, just trying to introduce people to the game via the two Winds of Exchange decks that I have. Um and people have been going, oh, this is a lot of fun. This is really cool. And I'm just really excited about uh, playing with other tokens um, and seeing what other tokens can do in Windex. So, yeah. Yep, there we go. Captain's Keyforge Woes this week. Um, I would love to go on more. However, Simon took up our time. So, there we go. Um, yep, blame me, do that. <laughs> but I know we have an exciting topic coming up. So I'm just thinking about our listeners and prioritizing their enjoyment. Yes. So yeah, the... Then you shouldn't have taken up the time. I mean, I come didn't. on. I, I remember you taking up 15 minutes of the Fortnite. Man, that was Luckily, a long time. Like yeah, this, but that was the, that, but that was the week I won. Like, this so change is very valuable. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean the, the, if you're new to the podcast, I think you guys, will, will, will everyone would appreciate the uh, the affinity we have with each other. Um, talking about affinity, let's move on to our main segment. Um, talking okay, about affinity, to... I think you two need to get room. But... Uh, uh... <laughs> I'm, I'm very guys, I'm, smooth. I'm the I'm the one with uh, most clothes on here. So, <laughs> so the topic of tonight is affinity, as yes. as we mentioned, and the reason is uh, uh, Aurora has posted a really nice article on Timeshapers.com, and as always with her articles, they are very concise, gets to the point really quickly. Unlike some people, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, and uh, yeah, makes a really nice point very, very effectively. And uh, basically the entire gist of the article is this concept of deck affinity, which means that basically as a player, you may have a preference for certain types of decks or certain play styles. Uh, and what that means is when you play it, you enjoy playing it. You may play better with it from the beginning because you instinctually know how to play that type of deck. And also... Because you enjoy playing it, you enjoy training with it and getting better with it. Uh, so, and whereas some kind of deck that you don't have an affinity for, even though it may be super good, you may not want to grind out the experience with, and therefore you don't perform well mm. with it. Uh, so she also put an example: if you have the same deck played by two players, even though they are equally skilled players. One may have an affinity for that deck and may perform much better than the other. Uh, so yeah, I really recommend checking out that article. We should link it in the in the show notes for sure. Which which is exactly what's going on with uh, Captain Hurricane right now. Like two equally skilled players here um, yes. playing with the same deck, and you know. yes, and but one is the one just has the affinity to draw ten more cards. I, I in completely three agree. Yeah, three yeah I'm right there with you. Right there. With you. <laughs> uh, so. Uh, um, Yes, and uh, yeah, I thought we should discuss about this concept a bit. What do we think about it and how does it apply to us? So to begin with, how do you all think? Do you agree with this uh, way of looking at the game? Is it something you have experienced yourself? Let's go with uh, Jason. Yes. I don't want to say too much, so... (laughs) 
So I'm being a bit passive aggressive here. Uh, no, um, <laughs> uh, I, I am. I am to- totally behind what we're all saying here. I have, um, and and, and I, I don't know why I didn't change my lineup from last season because this is something that Joker mentioned about my lineup, which I've only just tweaked. And I realized I have an affinity for um, a certain style play style, which is just creatures and having a having a board to set up. However, it's just totally against the meta at the moment. So, you know, I like to have creatures on the board. I like to play with them. I like to set things up um, and then reap the rewards. And so I'm, yeah, um, I totally. And, and then at the same time, I'm, I have another really good deck, which I'm actually really struggling to play when it doesn't get banned. Um, and it's not that it's a bad deck. It's just, it's not my play style. So yeah, definitely, definitely about. So your affinity is basically grind the board decks. Yeah, I think so. I think if I, if I put, I don't like putting myself in a box. Um, but if I was to put myself in a certain box, it would be, um, board decks where I like, I, I feel like I need to, I, I earn my wins. Um, um, I earn it like Val Jericho. Um, I like I like a deck with Val Jericho in the middle because then you can do more with what you have on the board and not get locked out of a house. Um, and, so and you can do inventive plays with the auto house combos and stuff. Yeah, for sure. Exactly, which is like my Chinese deck um, translated to Archive Surgeon and actually Captain Trouble and Tragedy that both do exactly that. So you can play. Um, Val Jericho out, and then you can do so much with Val Jericho in the middle, or just messing around with the other houses, playing different cards and everything, and you can just call a Star Alliance for the whole game. Yeah, I was actually thinking about that specific yeah. deck because I was commentating together with Martian Dog when you were playing an NKFL match with that game, and sorry, with that deck, and it may have lost, but you were doing some really crazy things with mm. with that deck in that match. Yeah, so. which is which is what I love about Keyforge because I'm I come I'm coming with Keyforge as a board gamer rather than a card gamer. So you know I like the games like Terraforming Mars and Ark Nova where you build up your engine, you build up what you're doing on the board, and then you reap the benefits of this and, and hopefully be the one with the most points at the end of the game. So I guess that's where I'm coming from as a gamer. Um, it, it, it comes into what I love about Keyforge and just the crazy things you can do in this game. Okay, cool. Zaramis, yeah. what do you think? Do you have like, do you, do you agree with this concept? Does it apply to you? And what types of decks are you drawn to, if so? Well, I think that the clearest example of this concept for me is when I play with uh, Amritaka or Magnus in real life. Because ever since we started playing Keyforge together, it's been very clear that we have very different styles of play. And I might have decks that I like, but they're not necessarily the same as an affinity for them. But I know that he likes to play from hand. He likes proactive decks that just push, that you don't have to think about what you will be doing in a turn or two. He likes, you know, you can see what the deck does, you see what the cards do in hand, and each turn becomes this puzzle where you just have to figure out how to play that turn in a good way. And then you look at the cards you get, and you figure out your next turn. While I am much more of a planner, I think about, okay, these are the weaknesses of my deck, these are the weaknesses of their deck, how can I end up in a situation where I can get around that or do something about it and so on. And it's also one of the reasons why I like boards is that I like complexity. I really don't like playing from hand and I can get impatient a bit. I don't know, when, when I play decks that are mainly from hand, I just, either I hand shape too much because I think too much about what cards to hold and what cards to do what with. And then I slow down my own decks because I'm waiting for these combinations. Like Hydro once concluded that I I tend to wait in order to get the two card or three card combos rather than just... I hate throwing away cards, for example. I hate discarding cards. Uh, it feels like discarding potential for a future mm. play. 
Uh, and so I like board decks more. I like decks that have complex interactions on the board where you can figure out like, if this reaps, it activates that, where should I play my universal translator in order to maximize their impact? And I like decks that do some mind games with the opponent where you force them to choose between like, what do you remove first? What is most prioritized and try to even put them in a battle line in a way that they mm -hmm. think something is more protected, but it's actually another thing that I want to protect and so on. Mm. Can I just ask, I like. ask a question then, Simon? Does the token mechanic make you a little bit uncomfortable? coming from where you're from with not liking to discard cards, not liking to waste the opportunity. No, I love the token mechanic. Come... Because then when, when you play the token out and you know that the card you've been waiting for is the card that's just gone on the board as a token. Yeah, but I just it just means I have more information. Like the tokens is gives me a, a more perfect picture of what I can actually expect from the remaining cards in the deck, for example. Yes, sure, you could say that you could draw it, but in general, the token... Mm generating decks generate a lot of tokens if they're a good one more yeah. than you would normally draw mm. yeah so you actually receive more information faster in some other uh, windex or whatever we call it here uh decks than you than you would in more regular keyforge decks okay that's i fair. completely agree with that that's uh, uh we're getting a bit of talk of topic maybe but uh, i think uh, there's a lot of discussion people saying our oh, wins so exchange decks i will tokenize my only key control or whatever, and I don't like it. But in general, you're as likely mm. to get to those cards faster as mm. you are to tokenize them. And then in yeah. the meanwhile, you get information faster. So it's actually... Of course. Yeah, I thought it was a little bit similar to the topic in terms of affinity, like with because the token mechanic is a very special, specific thing here yeah, it definitely that is. can can it kind of be, is a, coming from the British side, like, like a Marmite mechanic. You either love it or you hate it. But it can also um, tilt some people, I think. People who are waiting mm. for that thing and then they see they yeah. they tokenized yeah. it and they will be annoyed by it. But I do think that some of the best Winds of Exchange decks will be the ones that can use the tokens as a second hand. Just from what I've seen already, the decks yes. can, that can like selectively flip some of them or pick them up to hand yeah. and things like that will be some of the most versatile and most of the speed freaky decks that we have seen like a efficiency on a different level than can't wait than what we've been seeing before can't because wait. they can do it selectively rather than just drawing a lot of cards but those cards are still random you will you will be able to essentially draw cards with information um so that that's my uh, prediction right now that some mm. that star alliance will fill that role and i think that a lot of people have seen the star alliance cards as pretty weak in winds of exchange but I think that Star Alliance has some combinations where it becomes a house where you can pick and choose mm. among cards and what, how you want to arrange your game plan. People said Star Alliance was bad before Mass Mutation launched, and uh, no. and, and they were proven wrong. Oh, no. So, so I mean, don't, Star, don't, Star Alliance is the glue between the houses. In don't the don't, don't bet against Star Alliance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that. Okay. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I, I would say that I, I agree with the concept and my affinities are, are those that I listed. Okay. What about you, Algernoner? Um, well, Algernoner thinks that, um, yeah, I agree with the, with the concept as well in, in like in general. I think uh, ever since I started playing, uh, like in the Coda era, I leaned towards like rushy, proactive uh, decks to just try to push Emperor and as Simon says doesn't really like do forward planning much, but rather uh, puzzle out the the single turns. Uh, but then uh, later on, when I got decks that also used archiving a lot, uh, I think that is also something that really, mm. yeah, that I really like uh, to be able to uh, set up like future. Uh, bursts or, or turns or save responses and uh, just keep like a bigger uh, bigger hand if you will or more tools at your disposal so uh, fast fast decks uh, with archiving is uh, something i really like and also playing from hand rather than setting up boards because um, what i've felt when i've tried to uh, play those like more board uh, board heavy decks 
is that it's really not very fun. Um, uh, it's really not very fun when uh, when it doesn't work out, when the opponent has uh, a good matchup and just uh, kills your board without you being able to do anything. That is just uh, like boring Keyforge. Uh, then you are not doing what you're your deck uh, tries to do uh, while you, when you play those uh, from hand uh, type of decks they don't really care about uh, opponent C uh, and if they play a quicksil stone I don't really care and uh, there are more uh, open matchups in general for s such decks uh, in my opinion uh, so yeah I think yeah, I'm more like Amrataka than Simon, for sure. Yeah, uh, and uh, I will say for myself, uh, it took me quite a long time to find my affinity because I never really opened decks in that style. <laughs> but uh, So I thought for a long time I really enjoyed playing board decks. Uh, but I think after buying some good rush decks, uh i think my my affinity is definitely rough rush decks or more generally proactive decks i do like board decks also if they can really flood the board and like get out ahead and provide like a challenge for my opponent to respond to so so i guess the general thing is i like to be proactive i really hate playing decks where i I I just need to sit and respond to my opponent and okay I have triple three fates and I will sit and hold them until they play the creatures and then they go out mm. and then I play the shuler uh, that kind of style is is not for me um, and I think something that Zarmi said is quite interesting because he said that decks that play from hand you don't need to think I think that's what you can say if you don't have an affinity for that type <laughs> of deck. Uh, if you play I mean, those if you play those decks more I find yes the matchup rush versus rush they are just who gets the shit first that's it but in any other matchup rush versus control I have so few tools that are reactive that I really need to think about how can I how can I use what I have as effectively as possible so when I need to spend a lot more time thinking about when do I need to fight down my opponent's board because if he reaps, I cannot take that amber from him. Um, or or in my other rush deck, which has a lot of steel but not very much board control, uh, I need to think what can I do with a few board control tools I have. Uh, so um, so we, I think maybe not the deck itself is maybe not too hard to figure out, but the matchup is usually a puzzle because you need to think about with my limited tools that I have if things go wrong how do I how do I uh, compensate for the weaknesses of my deck uh. yeah and also think like decks that want to to be proactive and rush ahead uh, like the decision to save a card or hold a card and not play it is maybe more vital because it just uh, stops that uh, forward motion that you are uh, trying mm. so desperately to, to keep going. Yeah. Okay. Um, so uh, the other question I had was, we all have our affinities. How when we make deck selections for the NKFL or for other, for other tournaments, have we used our affinities to make those decisions or also for buying decks on the secondary market uh, what about uh, you jason you have bought some decks on the secondary market did you yeah did my, you my 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 secondary, secondary market action has more been what has been a good higher rated deck that is cheap mm. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> uh you know i've got kind of limited funds that uh when it just comes to you know investing in um investing in this 
Um, so I don't have like 36,000 crowns to go and spend on the best deck in the world. Um, best deck in the world. Um, you made yeah, some air quotes there. Yeah, so I have a... <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> well, this is a podcast. I thought it was a video cast. Um, like... I would buying Hurricane for one just over a thousand crowns was a big stretch for me. I would normally, you know, cut off at maybe five hundred crowns max if I was going to buy a deck, and that would necessarily be okay. It's got to heal above its weight. I've got to, you know, like it. It's got some Star Alliance, maybe some E dies, um, you know, something that's going to make it fun to play. It has to have a captain in the title, maybe. Yeah, I've Strangely, kind of realized that, that seems to happen a lot. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like I've got enough of those now. Uh, <laughs> um, but that was just like a, a phase I went through, um, <laughs> you could say. Um, but I don't really go for an affinity with buying, but I think my my selection has gone towards that because I've gone with the decks that I, you know, I'm, I'm giving my time to this. I want to enjoy what I'm playing um rather than just picking the the decks but i think that my subconscious has 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 helped me acquire these these decks that i have affinity for if that makes any sense like i've i've gravitated myself towards these decks that makes sense yeah okay what about you sarmis uh, since I don't buy secondary markets, it's a mm. little bit like uh, different, so more, I think, for more me. More than about your deck selection for tournaments. Does it, it, it definitely affects, affects it there. I I often use the fact that people are not really used to playing against the decks that I love. Like the massive 25 creature boards that do a lot of different things. And uh, that has served me quite well in quite a few like tournaments, especially back when there, there were more Archon tournaments. And I brought these like car keys and other very fast 25 creature decks and just forcing people to make those a lot of decisions constantly about, okay, like what, what do I, what do I remove? Uh, and a lot of people aren't used to, to dealing with, you know, 16 creatures on the board that all have different effects. Mm. Um, so it definitely affects it in that way. Yeah. I think that that's the biggest like way, uh, it has impacted me. If that yeah, answers think, the question. Yeah. And I think for me, like when it comes to lineup, I think um, it has come gradually because uh, when you start off and have a smaller collection, you basically you need to use what you have. Yeah. But over time, uh, when you acquire uh, both, like when I opened decks that are decent but i don't really find them for me uh, like uh, more control type decks um, then uh, yeah i've sold them basically and i've uh, bought other decks that really just fit my style better and fit my lineup better um, so in that regard the secondary market is where it's uh, the it's the clearest example maybe of this because you can make uh, switches uh, quite drastically um, so I think my lineup right now is is very uh, like one-sided or how you want to put it it's uh, focused. coherent focused maybe yeah mm. so um, mm, yeah it's a lot of like crush sort of uh, fast fast decks and and i find that if i want to switch things in and out i would probably look for more of the same um actually and maybe switch out something that's uh, uh just just to just to make the switch but i will i will look for decks uh, that has that kind of style and I'll, when i when i scan like the okay look for uh, decks on sale i just Scam. I just go past these like Saurian, <laughs> Saurian decks uh, with um, um, that just wants to hold board and be oppressive that way, because I know that I won't enjoy playing them. Um, so yeah, not for me. Yeah, I would say for me it has definitely started affecting my my 
my lineup choices for for things for different kinds of sealed events where you like seal and KFL where you get twelve decks and you have to choose six. I have always gone in on kind of like make as good as of a rush lineup as I can based on twelve random decks, and that has gone very well for me uh, when I have. Uh, and similarly in the NKFL, I started playing. I don't have six good rush decks, so I'm not playing six rush decks. But uh, I, I have, I have a, f- a couple of good rush decks, both that I bought on the secondary market, uh, and uh, I, and yeah, that's because of once I discovered I I have this affinity for for rush decks, and uh, I am really excited to get this one Winds of Exchange deck that I have. I want to register it on the on the Master Vault because I want to see how well it does competitively because it looks super proactive and, and rushy to me. So I want to see if it could go into my lineup or not. Most of the time you think that and it doesn't work and that's fine, but it's fun. Mm-hmm. It's it's fun. It will be fun to try it and see. Uh, so it's, it's definitely been a big factor for me. Once I, uh, I haven't been doing very well in the NKFL lately, but in other events I've been, I have been doing very well mm. lately. And I think what has allowed me to do better there is I discovered this preference in playstyle, uh, which was different than what I thought was the case from the start. Um, okay, so uh, final question: Do you how when you are forced to play a deck that is not in your style, how do you deal with it? Like if you're playing sealed, you get one deck, and it's it's not the type of deck you like. Like uh, Simon, you get a deck that's a pip deck or something like that. How can you adapt to that, and how, how do you deal with it? Who should go first? Uh, I me? said, yeah, I said you. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, what I tend to do is first of, I need to test them a lot because I need to need to think rather differently. I think I have, like, I would mostly just not enjoy it very much. Uh, I think that that is the biggest thing. And when I don't enjoy something, I'm usually not very excited to play, and I play worse. So I, I don't think it's so much that the first few matches that I play bad or that I can't play the deck, but my enjoyment drops off pretty quickly after one or two games with it. Uh, I think a very clear, good example was Sultan, my old like board crush deck. Uh, because that that deck I sold in uh, uh, after a few seasons where it had played, all, it was really cool deck, uh, very low speed, but it had a lot of reactive stuff, cleared the board over and over. And after a while, I just, um, yeah, I just didn't feel it uh, anymore. I, I, it, it was too clunky. It didn't have enough interesting interactions. Didn't build a board, so I stopped playing very well with it. Um, and then I sold it because I just wasn't feeling it. It wasn't fun to include, even if it was good. Mm. Um, and that's the same in sealed. I think I would just. Uh, start playing worse and worse and and after a while lose the motivation to play in the in the tournament so hopefully it's a one-day tournament if it's a league or something like that i would probably end up like not being very enthusiastic about it so something like that okay what about you jason um i mean it depends if it's it depends if it's good or if it's if if it's not the start if it's good and easy to play then you know I'll put up with it because, you know, I win with it. Um, and I go through periods where, you know, a win means more than um, the average win. But then if there's a deck where I'm just not... it, where, if, it if, if it's a deck which on paper is good, it has all the right parts, but it's not just clicking for me, I kind of feel, okay, I just must be that bad a player if it's not going that well. So I take it very, a little bit too emotionally there and just kind of feel really crappy about myself. Um, so... Just blame the draws and then you'll feel better. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And then, but then, you know, sometimes I feel it's a challenge and then... Uh, yeah, so I guess it's. I think it just it, it just affects my overall 
enjoyment of the game if it's just not the, my style of deck. Yeah. And how about you, Carl? Do you also feel like uh, if you go to a sealed event and you get a, a, a you get a deck which builds a board and plays from the board, and you cannot archive and you <laughs> don't cannot play a bunch of pips, <laughs> you have to, uh, uh, yeah, play the more grindy style. Can can you deal with that or? Yeah, like uh, I'm not sure how many thousands of games I have of Keyforge. Not all of those are like. Uh what I prefer for my uh, like top competitive uh, lineup. So I think I have plenty of, of experience of, of playing different style of um, decks. So I'm, I'm pretty sure that has happened. I'm pretty sure that, I, that like I can pilot those decks uh, as well, sort of. But um, of course I may make more play mistakes than I would uh, compared to a deck that I have more experience with um but overall i'm not sure like it doesn't happen to me that that often because i don't really like sealed and i don't really like to to get uh decks that i don't own uh to play and for the decks that i do own i I usually test them once or twice and then i just uh, like most of them for most for most of us i suppose most of our decks uh, aren't played um so uh, yeah i don't know I, I don't really like seal for that reason uh i like to know what i'm gonna play and i like to choose um, and then i choose stuff that i like mm. stuff that i enjoy and that's usually things with speed so yeah maybe i'm get miserable and uh and uh hating life <laughs> like the others here not really sure, but I was thinking like what you said of selling Sultan there, uh, Simon. Mm-hmm. I think that's like the good part of affinity being a, a thing, a concept in a game like Keyforge, is that like even if I I do open deck that is on paper very good, but I don't enjoy it, there is always a market because we we have different tastes and affinity towards decks. So uh, your uh, your low affinity deck that you you won't enjoy playing will be someone else's favorite deck probably, uh, which is quite nice for the second market at least. That is true. Yeah. So for me personally, I have I think I have found affinity for a certain type of decks, but I think I can still enjoy almost any kind of deck, mm. uh, and that's partly. I play every deck I open at least 10 games. That's just a principle I have. And I always find a way to enjoy playing with them, even if they're not my style or even if they're not performing super well. Um, I think I'm a relatively good sealed player wherever mm. I am maybe better. I'm, I'm better as a sealed player than I am as a Archon player. Um, and I yeah. think that's part of it that I am. I think I'm quite good at adapting to different deck styles and enjoying seeing what they can do. So, yeah, while I think this way of thinking of finding my affinity has helped me improve in Archon, I still really don't mind playing other types of decks as well. Mm. Uh. Yeah. I think you and me, you and us, we're the the sealed fanboys here. (laughs) Like, I've had my best records playing sealed because, you know... I feel I, I I feel as like you like I can you know adapt to the situations so to take the enjoyment out of the game. Whereas you know planning around something in particular isn't the the best yet. Yeah. So that has been a discussion about deck affinity. I really recommend everyone check out the article over at Time Shapers uh, by Aurora. Uh, we will post it in the in the show notes. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, I think that's it for tonight. Yep. Yep. Um, so definitely, um, I think our listeners might uh, notice our big lack of talking about how we're looking forward to the Winds of Exchange because we're just all feeling very jealous of the people in America opening their game found packages and we're just sat here with nothing so 
Yeah. I thought we say we shouldn't <laughs> talk about that. <laughs> oh, we don't talk about that. Yeah, we don't talk about Bruno. Um, yeah. I'm so excited about getting my Game House stuff. Um, just to kind of... Yeah, yeah, it will be very interesting to, to see what uh, what spoiler cards we get. I right? know, right? Do we get yeah. Do we get what's being signed? The, the signed cards? Oh, yeah. Which okay. of us gets the signed card from Richard Garfield? Okay, that's true. Yeah. With more uh, like common because every spoiled card has been spoiled already. So. It really has, yeah. <laughs> oh, <Except> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, excellent, cool. Yeah, so uh, yep. stay hydrated, everyone. Uh, Forge on a prosper. Forge on a prosper. Yo. Good night, everyone. See you next time. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.